1: And that's right my name is scott adams you're listening to the scott adams show I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and uh it seems like the patriots are winning and that is a nice thing to see uh we're seeing it play out and uh some things that developed over the last 24 hours and it was refreshing actually and uh you know um uh Steve Bannon was uh, talking about this uh, yesterday. And um, one of the things that, that he was talking about was, you know, the Build Back Better. Uh, and this was widely reported all over the place. In fact, Tom Cotton talked about it, too, yesterday. He says, when Dems say voting rights, they're talking about a bill to abolish voter ID, mandate ballot harvesting, and Use taxpayer dollars to fund political campaigns. This bill has nothing to do with voting rights. It's an election takeover to give Democrats more power. So what the Democrats are doing is they're giving up on Build Back Better, which is this huge spending bill that had a uh, lot of uh, pork in it, Uh, things that uh, would allow uh, the Democrats to rig elections, to open borders and to create amnesty for $6 million, you know, a whole bunch of things that were in that bill. And it was being passed for back and forth between the House and the Senate. And one of the things was um, Joe Manchin uh, basically was saying, you know, this is going to cause inflation. And so they didn't have enough votes. They needed every Democrat vote in order to pull off the bill back better. And Kristen Cinema from Arizona basically said, we're not going to abolish the filibuster. And and the same with Manchin. But also they're worried about inflation. So they're worried about inflation, which is going through the roof. And I like to call it biflation because, you know, even if you were to listen to Fox and Friends today, you would see that, you know, it's, it's targeting beef, it's targeting oil. It's targeting those things that impact the poor, poorest of the poor or the middle class the most because it's the wealthier part of the uh, population that utilizes services like Instacart or DoorDash or whatever. And these services-oriented services oriented Uh, services that we buy aren't being impacted the way food, bacon, chicken, poultry, you know, uh, beef, oil, energy, petroleum, clothes, shipping, you know, all those things that require shipping and all those things that require bottling and imports all these things are being directly impacted this is called biflation and it's by design and in my opinion i think that the people we're going up against in terms of the radical left they're not as smart they're not as dumb as we like to think they are they're actually pretty smart and one of the things that concerns me the most is That, you know, where they have a strategy, we don't. But we're winning because they're scrapping the bill back better. And I would say they're going to have to scrap it until after the 2022 election, which is the great thing about midterm elections because it keeps people honest. It keeps these politicians honest. You know, meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi saw a clip where she didn't even know where the crime was coming from. You know, all these smash-and-grab crimes that are happening all throughout. And it's almost every video you see, it's a bunch of minorities, though, that are doing it. And you wonder, who is leading the black movement today? Besides Black Lives Matter, people who hate cops and hate America and Marxists, who is leading these black youths? Anymore because I'm seeing far too many video clips, whether it's an airport scuffle or if it's a smash and grab job. I'm seeing it, you know, coming from these black communities and it's just you just see it and you say these are going to be eventually when things catch up with each other, with these crimes, these are going to result in single parent homes. And, you know, it's the reason why it is that black women are outpacing black men with education and incarceration rates. Uh, when it comes to black men, they're <clears throat> far too representative in the uh, jails. And they say, well, it's targeting, it's uh, racial, racial discrimination. But no, because now they don't have any cops to uh, target. Cops are gone. And Nancy Pelosi is still scratching her head. She can't figure out why it is that there's a crime wave uh, across the country. Could it be because of defund the police? And it's not happening in red states. It's not happening in red cities. It's happening in blue states, and blue cities, where crimes are spiking. And nobody really wants to talk about the elephant in the room. But, you know, your lying eyes aren't lying to you when you see what's going on, and it's going to result in more and more impoverished families, these broken families with that fatherless families and the byproduct of that the the what what happens down the road to these children that are growing up without a mentor it only you know and so it's a bigger problem than just. Oh, it's just a fad this year, you know. When I first heard about defund the police and defund ICE and get rid of ICE and open the borders, you know, Hillary Clinton let it slip down. Um, we talked, we started hearing about these cockamamie schemes, and we just thought that was the radical left playing to the radical left during a primary. But no, it's become all too real in the wake of. Uh, George Floyd, the porn star, they got 15 funerals and a statue. Martin Luther King didn't even get that. You know, the priorities are out of whack within the black communities, and it's hurting them. It's hurting them because people are seeing what they're seeing, and they're going to make up their own minds as to what is what. It's not, it has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with statistics and what you see. So I just say it out loud because somebody needs to, and I, you know, I just uh, have been monitoring this, and I'm saying it. It, it's pretty obvious, but our news media can't can't talk about it in a frank way. But we have this crime wave. We have this inflation. The poll numbers are tanking for the left. The left is losing. And so they're going to be scrapping their Build Back Better. Thank goodness. That's a huge win for you and me. That is a huge win for America. And guess what? They're pivoting now to this voter rights legislation. Now, this is where Steve Bannon, I think, goes wrong. Because they are going to scrap the Build Back Better. Great. They're going to scrap it, but Steve Bannon will have you think that somehow this voter i right, voter rights uh, voter rights uh, situation is going to go somewhere, and I doubt that it will. But we have to be vigilant, and we have to realize that what's at stake here. But I don't believe um, that federalizing elections number one. Is something that Joe Manchin's going to go for, or Kristen Cinema? And then again, that might be the only way that Joe Manchin gets reelected in West Virginia. It might be the only way that he does is to federalize and rig elections. So Tom Cotton, again, I'm going to read this again. When Dems say voting rights, they're talking about a bill to abolish voter ID to mandate ballot harvesting, and use taxpayer dollars to fund political campaigns. This bill has nothing to do with voting rights. It's an election takeover to give Democrats more power. And there's a lot of trend going on with this. And uh, something we need to be on top of, for sure. So, Tudor Dixon writes, When I beat Gretchen Whitmer, I will actually protect Americans' voting rights by signing a bill to strictly ban non-citizens from voting. Speaking of non-citizens in New York State, 800,000 illegals are going to be allowed to vote. By signing a bill to combat election fraud, through voter ID and signature match requirements. Sounds fair enough. But we got to get ahead of this, because they're going to be pushing this in a big, big way. Let's take a listen to what Chuck Schumer had to say about this. There is a universal view in our caucus that we need to pass voting rights legislation to protect our democracy, What the Republican legislatures are doing on a purely partisan basis is undermining, destroying our democracy. That's according to Senator Schumer. And Matt Whitlock says there is not universal agreement that they should get gut voter ID, which uh, is what Chuck Schumer's bill would do. Gut voter ID. Incredible that they want to waste more time on this. They're not going to get anywhere with it. So Jesse Rodriguez's first report this from NBC News said, Senate expected to shelve Build Back Better, moving forward aggressively now on voting rights. That's according to NBC News. Steve Morris writes, something that's been apparent for a while, but that you can especially glean from the replies to tweets like this, is that the average Normie Dem voter has been wildly misled about both the likelihood voting rights bills will pass and the Democrat democracy-saving effect they'd have. So basically, the Democrats are all excited about this new voting rights bill that they want to rig elections, but it's never going to pass. So we've just won two things. Number one... They're not going to get the voting rights bill to to basically ban voting uh, ID restrictions. Uh, they're not going to get that. They're not going to get ballot harvesting. And again, these things need to be tested in the Supreme Court anyway. But they're scrapping Build Back Better because of inflation, because the American public doesn't want to raise our debt even further than it's already been raised. That... Cinema and Mansion are against it. It's going to cause more and more inflation. Like I said earlier in the week, we're seeing inflation numbers since the Carter days. I don't like it when the news media says all the way back since uh, Reagan. It kind of makes it look like Reagan was at fault. Reagan picked up the inflation that Carter left him, Reagan fixed the inflation problem with trickle-down economics and the Art Laffer curve. But we forget. And so these things are um, rather important to get right. It was Jimmy Carter that had the gas lines and the supply chain problems. And it's worse today than it ever has been because we didn't properly prepare. Number one, we over- Played our hand with regard to COVID. And by we, I mean the Democrats. This whole draconian lockdown thing to rig elections and win power came at a price. And the first thing that we're seeing are these supply chains problems, all these mandates and restrictions. There's another win on the horizon. For the Patriots of America, we just talked about them scrapping the Build Back Better budget uh, spending plan. So that's great. We just talked about the idea that they're pivoting toward a bill that they're never going to get through. Voting rights bill, which is not about voting rights; it's about voting for voter fraud. So they're going to get that. They're going to lose that. So talk about buying some time. To the midterm elections because after the midterm elections are are over, we're going to take back the House and take back the Senate and it's going to be dominated by Trump supporters because the candidates that don't have Trump's back are going to lose in the primaries. A good example of this, keep your eyes on this race in Ohio, J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is going to be, he was a never-Trumper that shouldn't have any business in the Senate. And hopefully that will be a tea leaf that we will see shining bright. And so it's not just about these things, but guess what? The airlines, the airlines, Southwest and, uh, hmm, American, I believe. I'll look it up. <clears throat> But I know it's Southwest because I saw the clip of the CEO from Southwest. And basically, they said that they don't see. There's two airlines, though, two big airlines. And um, seeing if I could find it. But so you have Southwest and another airline. Maybe it's United. Uh, basically, coming out and saying. Uh, that uh, masks are ineffective. There's no real benefit to masks, so why use them? And again, that's throwing a monkey wrench into this whole thing about mandates. And yet, we're still seeing these mandates—you know, story after story—people losing their jobs at Christmas time. So, at a time when the economy is tanking. At a time when people are, the labor participation rate is at its lowest, that people aren't able to survive. At a time when inflation is through the roof, they just came out with a number today, $3,500 more. 9.6% inflation on produced goods, wholesale goods. So when you take a look at this, It's going to cost you $3,500 more to live per household, per person. And that is a lot of money. You know, Trump always said the biggest tax break he could ever give America is becoming energy independent and reducing the prices of oil and gas. Oil and gas to heat your homes. And to keep your home's family safe and warm. And to put gas in, in your um, car. But it doesn't stop there. Of course, it's the truckers. You know, the, the truck drivers that ship things. These things are very expensive. They, they raise the price of goods and services. These supply chain problems are causing supply and demand issues to where, you know, you're seeing jacked up prices across the board because the demand far exceeds the supply right now because of all the ships off seas over, you know, out out at sea. And no one seems to want to do anything about it. Not from the left. The people that are in charge of the country right now So there's a lot of uh, carnage that's going to take place for the Democrat Party come 2022. Whether it's crime, open borders, the illegal migration, the debacle in Afghanistan, the inflation, the fact that we're not energy independent, that we're giving our money and oil to Russia and to the OPEC nations that hate us, why in the world will we ever support? So now the Democrats are starting to talk. They're starting to talk about replacing Joe. It's happening all over the place. And what they want is they want Joe Biden to step up and say he's not going to run for re-election. I would love to see him run for re-election. I thought he was a terrible candidate. The only reason why they won was fraud, They didn't win because Joe Biden was likable. 50 years of Joe Biden in Washington, D.C., everybody knew what they were getting. Everybody knew he was a racist fool with dementia. Everybody knew he couldn't fill up half of a high school gymnasium. Everybody knows this. And Hillary had the same problem. The only one that You could say the Democrats, you know, knew how to fill up a room was Barack Hussein. And that's because they were drinking the Kool-Aid. But they rigged the 2012 election. Mitt Romney should have won that election. 2016 should have never been so close. I've always said that despite the fact that Trump won, you know, they were going to milk the popular vote to the hilt. The only reason why they had the popular vote was because California swayed that popular vote because all these illegals were voting. And they managed to figure out how to get the illegals to vote, but they couldn't get the migration, the illegals to vote in the right states. They ran out of time. That's what the whole Merrick Garland thing was about. That's why they killed off... Now, I believe he, he was murdered... A lot of people think that's a conspiracy nut job theory. But Scalia, that was all about the DREAMers, DACA, DREAMers, and rushing in to place millions of uh, DREAMers for amnesty. And they were trying to get it done that way. And they would have probably then won the 2016 election. And they managed to kill off Scalia. There was no witness to his murder. There was no autopsy to his death. And he was overseeing the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which was the Fifth Circuit, was the circuit court that was blocking the Dreamer Act, the piece of legislation that even Barack Hussein said was going to be unconstitutional. And he was blocking it. So what they wanted to do was not only get the case heard but get the case heard with a 5-4 Democrat leaning court. And that's where Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland, you know, that that's the guy that could not admit to Congress that crossing the border illegally is an illegal act. I mean, that guy is really a nut job. And a radical lefty. And this is the kind of Supreme Court justice the Democrats would like to put in install into place. You know, we should be so lucky as to get a president that actually puts into people that are that... I actually would not want it. I want fair justice. I don't want slanted right, slanted left judges. But I don't think we get our bang for our buck We certainly didn't get it with Chief Justice Roberts. We obviously are not getting it with uh, Coney Barrett. And even Kavanaugh. Despite all they put, what they put him through. Doxing him. Digging up false information. By uh, Blase Ford. And her false testimony. And her lying ways. It's all of that. And yet he still, you know, kind of didn't see what was going on. Gorsuch turned out to be a good pick. That was Donald Trump's first pick. But the Federalists, who Donald Trump relied on, the Federalist Society, is what we need to take a look at now. When it comes to judges, and believe me, if we take back the House and the Senate in 2022, we are going to have a lot of of, uh, leverage. And so we will have saved the republic if we just win the 2022 midterms and take back the House and the Senate. Already they're talking about about, uh, Joe Biden not running again. They want to give Democrat candidates time to make their calls and collect their monies and do whatever they're talking about this and they're saying that the announcement will likely be made but probably after the 2022 election and then there's the question of whether that would make him a lame duck or that would make him a statesman hero that is not doing it for any other reason but love of country but I think what's going to happen is he's going to basically do What he always does, Joe Biden, he's going to buck the system and try to get greedy. And what's going to happen is they're going to allow the Republicans to further advance Hunter Biden's case into the committees that are going to be dominated by the Republicans. And what you're going to have is you're going to have basically a negative impact. You're going to have a negative spin Instead of taking the high road and saying I'm no longer going to run, I think I'm going to be too old. What you end up, what you're going to end up having, is you're going to have someone being outed in disgrace, and the Democrats are going to kill themselves. The New York Times article that came out talking about this, um, Brett Shirsten, Schumer or something like that, um, the guy that wrote the articles that never Trump Trumper. Trump hating reporter at the New York Times is basically saying that Joe Biden has lost his base. He's lost the party. You look at the poll numbers and it's quite clear that Biden is one of the biggest failures within the first year. And he was given a honeymoon of all honeymoons. And he has just crashed and burned with his performance. Everybody knew Jake Sullivan didn't know foreign policy, and there he is, leading the way. And he was involved directly with the Russian hoax and with the Ukrainian scandal and connected with the Brookings Institution and all these entities that hate America. But in the end, what what, what it is is I've never seen a president crash and burn so quickly. And so... That's where Biden is. And you know why? Because he never got 81 million votes. That's why. He never got 81 million votes. It's what happens when you rig elections. It's what happens in love, in relationships, when you marry for money and not love. You know, it's all these things. When things are not what they seem, They never are, and it never works out. You got to be true, and you got to be authentic, and you got to be organic, and you got to be original. And that is exactly what Donald Trump always has been, always will be. And we were blessed to have four years of Donald Trump, and we'll be blessed when we get four more years of his presidency. And I think this time around, the contrast will be so stark because it won't be Donald Trump compared to Barack Obama, which I think Obama was the worst president since uh, in the history of America, other than Joe Biden, perhaps. But I think that it's going to be an easier contrast for people to swallow because they don't have that race card to, to wrestle with. That Obama always pitched. He was all about race, and using race as a weapon and a divisive uh, tactic. But he was radical as well in terms of his jihad against America, and he did everything he could to destroy America. I think what Joe uh, Barack Obama. Ended up with, though, is I don't think he understood the power of the American economy. And I don't think he understood the power of the American people. And the American people are are resilient. And they even in the face of all these mandates and all these tyrannical, draconian rules and regulations... You know, it's always the Trump supporters and it's always the patriots, like Rittenhouse, for example, that turn the other cheek, that don't go off on the handle, you know, that basically play by the rules until the rules are obviously broken. And that's what we heard in some of these speeches we have played at these local city school boards where parents were fighting back and I remember this one clip where the guy said you know right now you have a sleeping tiger he said but when this tiger wakes up it's going to be too late because once we start fighting we don't stop until we win and I read a couple of uh, parables and some poetic uh, thing I recall really powerful stuff where Americans don't want to fight. We don't want to kill. We don't want to slaughter. But I will tell you, just about every father in this country, when it comes to protecting their children, will do whatever it takes to keep their children safe. And the same thing is true for their country. Maybe it takes a different threshold, but once you change the dynamics of who you are instead of the white picket fence and worrying about the shingles on the house you become a warrior well then warrior you are and so it's just a matter of time before these globalist commies racist Marxists around the world realize that America is going to win this battle. America is going to stand strong and tall. And we're going to do it by playing by the rules. But if we are tested, there's more of us than there are of them. And when we start to fight, we fight to win. And America always wins. And right now, we are that beacon on the hill for globalism everywhere. Against global, against, not for, against globalism everywhere. And what that means is that we are the last bastion of truth. We are the last freedom-oriented country. Australia folded like a cheap suit. And I really thought that the Aussies would be stronger and tougher than that. But they proved not to be. They could still win it. And they're being led by some crazy woman, radical lefty. And um, I think that might be New Zealand. But nevertheless, you know, they need to stand up. And all around the world, you are seeing a lot of Europeans who've had a taste of this in their history, this tyrannical government. But they allowed themselves to become a European Union. They allowed Brexit to not be pushed through, even though they voted for it. They allowed the globalists to deny the people what they actually voted for and wanted. But they are marching in the streets, and let's hope that that makes a difference. But they're going to have to be showing up in the voting booths, and they're going to have to go against the rigging of elections because I think that the elections are rigged there too. But like I say, we take back the House and Senate in 2022, and it's all but so apparent that Nancy Pelosi sees the writing on the wall. She knows her goose is cooked, that they can't rig a midterm election like they rig a general election. I said that yesterday. But they know that they're going to lose the House and Senate. There's just no way that they're going to be able to keep those two chambers. I watched the report, and based on the makeup of the Senate races that are going to be in play for 2022, it's all but assured that the Republicans are going to take back the Senate. And also, there's been a lot of exposure with regard to the people like Mark Elias that we're working with directly with people like, uh, you know, in Georgia, that were corrupt and rigging the systems. And uh I, I really think that it's gonna be a huge bloodbath that the Democrats are going down. And that's gonna be the, the first step. The second step is to get Trump four more years. Because I don't care if any you know, people were talking about DeSantis and a whole bunch of others. I love DeSantis. He's got this new woke bill, anti-woke bill. He can't teach our kids to hate America anymore. You know, everything he's doing is just the greatest. And whether he becomes President Trump's vice president or whether he becomes President Trump's uh, go-to guy as the governor of Florida, which I think he might serve better running Florida. But I think that Four years of Trump from 24 to 28. And 28 to 32 goes to DeSantis. And 32 to 36 goes to DeSantis. And that's how we take back our republic. That's how we lead the world again. That's how we bring China to its knees. That's how we actually win peace in the Middle East. That's how we strengthen our borders And protect our families. And reduce the size of our government. And lower our debt. And become energy independent. And stop giving money to our adversaries like Russia through Nord Stream 2. Or through OPEC and the terrorist groups. Particularly across the Middle East. So there's a lot of ways to win this. But we got to keep our eye on the prize and keep it simple. And anybody who sees it differently than that path, I don't think is telling the truth. You know, we've seen a lot of infiltration in our Republican Party, especially in the wake of the disaster of the rigged election and the January 6th debacle, which was an infiltration, not an insurrection. I still want to know who those pipe bomber uh, planters were on January 5th. They won't tell us. But Liz Cheney, she'll be gone. Kinzinger, he'll be gone. Maybe Lisa Murkowski will be gone. And we're going to have so much better, so many better candidates representing America First policies. And it's as simple as that. We all know what those America First policies are. And it it really isn't even about Trump. At some point, Trump's going to go. After his next four years in office, Trump's gone. But what do we have as a legacy? What we have as a legacy is we need, we absolutely need to restore our values, our Judeo-Christian values. We need to restore our communities. We need to restore our patriotism. We need to restore our statues, our history. We need to get ahead of the curve when it comes to this and realize that our corporations are woke and would never have our back in time of need They would stab us in the heart. Those corporations, there's no loyalty there anymore. They've lost that trust. And during the detente years, when we get ahead of this and we start winning again, with all the things I just talked about, we need to build our own social media platforms, not as a reaction in stressful times but be proactive with building redundancy systems to our corporate needs our corporate uh, partners you know and realize that these multinational corporations that are too big to fail where you know PNG and Craft and Kraft and all these different companies own all these different other companies we need to Pass legislation that prevents these types of mergers from happening, because what corporations have shown us is that they would turn on uh, turn on us in a second, in a moment's notice, and that we cannot no longer have. I want to move a little bit over to another topic. This to me was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> but Pfizer, <clears throat> excuse me, Pfizer is to buy, they already bought. Uh, December 13th, Pfizer's buying Arena Pharmaceuticals in a $6.7 billion deal. Wonder where they got that money. From their vaccines, maybe? Arena stock soars. What does Arena stock do? Arena basically does cardiac arrest medications. How do you like that? What are the odds? What are the odds of that? To me that is insane. So basically they create a my- they create a vaccine that causes myocarditis. Johnson and Johnson's also being looked at very uh, intensely. <clears throat> And and for what? So Pfizer gets to create a problem with myocarditis and cardiac arrests and blood clots. And then they buy up another company to where they could put that fire out and profit from that. And I was looking for the... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still looking... I'm still looking for for that uh the article that I that I wrote, uh, not that I wrote, that um that I had referenced and uh but it's true. Yeah, it's, it's a, can never really find what you're looking for when you want it. Um All right, we don't have it. But here's the article. It's from Barron's. And it says Pfizer has agreed to buy U.S. biotech company Area Pharmaceuticals. The U.S. pharma giant said that the acquisition would expand its cancer and get this inflammatory disease drug pipeline. So Arena Pharmaceuticals is basically uh, specializing in cardiovascular issues, the same issues that are being reported from the Pfizer Uh, from the Pfizer uh, vaccines. So I want to get into a couple of these um, tweets um, that I've posted over the last 24 hours. And the one big one was, in fact, uh, this one, where it says, you know, NBC News, Senate expects to shelve Build Back Better Bill, moving forward aggressively to voting rights. They're going to lose both of them now. Bill back better, gone. Voting rights will never pass. So this guy named John Marshall, I think is in the liberal, says if this is true, it's a joke. They don't have the votes for any voting rights bill. So this simply means shelving BBB, period. Bill back better. Now we have these. I have these two federalist um, uh Articles. One is 16 of Biden's biggest whoppers about COVID 19 and 12 times Joe Biden basically lied to America. These are two articles I wanted to get to today. We'll, they're fun articles. Uh, we'll either get to them or we'll get to them tomorrow. But uh, Election Wizard says the CEOs of two of the nation's major airlines. America, okay, it was American and Southwest, say they don't think wearing masks on planes does much to help limit exposure to COVID. They have these HEPA systems that are unbelievable. Their air purification systems are, are off the charts good. So there's San Francisco's CBS Local. This is where Nancy Pelosi's reacting to crime across America and says she doesn't know where it's coming from. But basically, the San Francisco mayor, London, London Breed, announced crime crackdown. So I said, Dems are losing on COVID mask mandates with airlines, scrapping Build Back Better, losing border elections due to open borders. And now they're backtracking on the defund the police policies uh, that they've been pushing. Democrats are losing bigly. And Lauren Bobart Congresswoman says, I just like to remind everyone that today is day 641 of 15 days to slow the spread. And uh, then there was the federal says liberals three times more likely than conservatives to report people on social media. So they are little tattletales, those people over there. And also Mitch McConnell is the latest popular politician, is the least popular politician politician in America even with bad approval ratings the nation's top four Democratic leaders are more popular than Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell cocaine Mitch McConnell emblematic of Republicans past is the least popular politician in America cocaine Mitch and he got that because his wife owns uh, family owns Foremost Group it's a shipping company and they were busted pulled over Possessing all kinds of cocaine and drugs, that's where the cocaine Mitch comes from. But in any case, Adam Schiff was made the news. Schiff, Doctor J Six texts between Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. Now Jim Jordan gave one heck of a speech on the on the floor, and uh, that now that I would love to play, and um, but Shifty Shift. You know, didn't he already doctor the stuff related to the Ukraine witch hunt? You know, it's one of those things where shifty shift ought to be censured. He should be thrown out, actually. I mean, the guy has uh, um, a track record that's just horrendous. So let's take a listen to uh, Jim Jordan uh, talking about
0: Uh, Thank you, Madam Speaker. Democrats prevent Republicans from serving on the select committee. Democrats kick Republicans off standing committees. Democrats try to make D.C. a state. Democrats try to end the filibuster. They try to pack the court. They do secret impeachment hearings in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol. And they just said a naval veteran is afraid of the truth. And now today, now today they are destroying executive privilege. The United States Supreme Court held those who assist the president must be free to explore alternatives in the process of shaping policies and making decisions, and to do so in a way that many would be unwilling to do except privately. The court further stated presidential administrations of both parties have asserted that president's close advisors are an extension of the president. Who are these close advisors? Who are these individuals who are an extension of the President of the United States? Well, there's actually a bunch. But certainly the three most important are the National Security Advisor, the White House Counsel, and the Chief of Staff to the President. And I would argue the Chief of Staff is the closest of the close. He's the one who spends more time with the Commander-in-Chief than anyone else. Now, why do we have this privilege? Why do we have it? Why is the decision-making process between the president and his close advisors a private matter? Why is that? Well, guess what? The Supreme Court told us the answer to that one, too. Quote, executive privilege serves the necessity for protection of the public interest in candid, objective, and even harsh opinions in presidential decision-making. Let me just say that again. Executive privilege serves the public interest. It's for us. It's for we the people. It's not for President Trump. It's not for Mark Meadows. It's not for any president. It's not for any chief of staff. It's for the country. But the Democrats, they're not going to worry about that. They're going to forget about that, because they think this is good politics. They think this is all about politics. They used to care. They used to care about executive privilege when Republicans wanted information. During the Fast and Furious scandal, President Obama asserted executive privilege for bureaucrats at ATF and DOJ. And think about it. A bureaucrat in a federal agency gets privilege, but not the chief of staff to the president? Because Mark Meadows worked for President Trump, and Democrats have been out to get President Trump before he ever took office when they first tried to spy on him, actually did spy on him in 2016. They're going to destroy this precedent, even though even though this very question is in front of the courts as we speak. They're going to destroy this precedent that's been around since 1794 when our first president first asserted it. And for what? What did Mark Meadows do? He gave the committee thousands of emails, he gave the committee thousands of text messages, and he agreed to come in front of the committee and answer any question as long as it didn't violate executive privilege the privilege that's not his to waive, it belongs to the president, the privilege that the court said is critical to executive decision-making, the privilege that exists for the benefit of we, the people, and the privilege that's been around since George Washington asserted it. But Democrat says nope, not good enough, Mr. Meadows. You've got to come in and answer any and every question we ask you, or we're going to try to put you in prison. It's disgusting. It is so disgusting. Think about it. We weren't allowed to know who the anonymous, so-called anonymous whistleblower was when they tried to impeach President Trump, did impeach President Trump, but Democrats can destroy executive privilege. We weren't allowed to, the country wasn't allowed to know what took place in that bunker in the basement of the Capitol during impeachment, but they get to know any and everything they want about conversations between the president and his top advisor. This is so wrong. Democrats on the Select Committee, they also can't make up their minds. With Steve Bannon, they said, you have to appear in person to assert any privilege. And because he didn't come, they held him in contempt. With Jeff Clark, they said, come in person, assert privilege, which he did. And they said, nope, that's not good enough. And they held him in contempt. And now with Mark Meadows, he gave him thousands of documents and agreed to come. And they still said, not good enough. Not good enough. What a a charade.
1: You could tell how frustrated he is. He's good friends with Mark Meadows. That's Jim Jordan on the House floor. uh, Basically talking about what's right and wrong about what's going on with the Democrats. Adam Schiff has got to be probably the most corrupt politician I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen someone get away with what he's gotten away with. And I can't wait for the day when he's, his day is coming. Because no man like that is that crazy and that much of a fruitcake as Adam Schiff is to where he's not going to expose himself at some point. But this is the kind of politics that we're involved with right now today. And it's something we have to put an end to. And again, the way we do it is to take back power away from the democrats create that leverage that we need and take back our country with that you know i want to thank everybody for tuning into the scott adams show and with that my name is scott adams and be sure to check out ScottAdamshow.com for the latest podcast and check out buglecall.org and magapack.org. those are our 501c3 tax-deductible organizations and we'll see you next time on the radio bye bye everybody
0: We're a stand the mounds getting steeper and grab a shovel dig a hole a little deeper just to bury my kids right up
1: to there